Isn't this why we do podcasts to make shit easy? Isn't that the reason we did it in the first place? You know, that's supposed to be the point of podcasts is that it's supposed to be the easiest medium, but for some reason, I still think drawing's the easiest medium. <laughs> drawing never really lets you down. You, you think about it, like, when has drawing ever let you down? I mean, I know getting frustrated, but I guess you can't blame anything but the pen or whatever, so your hand, so... Well, yeah, like my hand, but I already know my hand's not the greatest, so I've accepted that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm just... Mm. God fucking damn it, I hate technology. But uh, welcome to the Old Man fucking... Podcast, where we have problems with technology, and... Uh... You're, you're leaving those first two minutes of us just bitching about Skype and all that? Oh, yeah, whatever, it's, it's in about half, it's, it's to be expected, it's like... It's like the weekly well, update, like, if we had a sports game that we're doing weekly updates on, it's more just like Skype's, like, errors... Well, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know. I guess we move in on the on the uh, when we come in on to the retrospect. We're like, okay, we're gonna talk about this retrospect. We're really gonna try and break it down. But this one just—it took us literally like an hour and forty-five minutes because there's so many fucking stupid little updates with Skype and then the different recorder we use, trying to figure out backdoors and however. And then just it took so long just get this shit going. Now it's just like, do you want to talk about the fucking movie now? I don't know if I do because that's a really happy, upbeat movie, and I'm just like, fuck that. See, I think the thing is, is this will put us back in a positive view. I think that's what it is. We need this right now. It's like therapy. But first off, I got to say something. I know this doesn't have anything to do with a goofy movie, but this is just something I felt like I just need to like say it. And I don't know where, when else we're going to get to it. I mean, it'd be like a couple weeks down the line. But I was watching this movie last night, and it had one of these kind of scenes in it that like kind of forever will sort of like change you and make you think differently. And... It was this movie that, it was a Walter Hill movie. You know, the guy who did Bullet to the Head and also did The Warriors? You know, you okay. kind of you kind of do what you, you thought you knew what you are getting into it. But what I didn't expect to see is I didn't expect Michelle Rodriguez to get out of the shower and just have this fucking huge cock, like, bigger than Marky Marks and <laughs> fucking Boogie Nights, and just sit there and go, huh, well, that's... It's kind of weird, you know, because it's weird. Because, like, I think of Michelle Rodriguez. Like, I've always liked that. That's one of my favorite actresses. I look at that actress as actually a very hot actress. And now I look at it, it's like, in my mind, it's like, I'm going to think of that picture of her coming out with, like, a fucking hairy chest and a giant cock. It's weird. Was this, like, uh, was this, like, just, uh, all right, so this is the same guy who did Warriors and Yeah, Bullet so this to is the, the head. kind of movie you make because he wrote and directed this one when you're, like, 80 years old. <laughs> Okay, and like she was it like was it like did it look like prosthetic or did it like maybe like CG'd on there or what? It was like prosthetics, I think. I don't think it was CG, but it was just. I mean, here's the thing: the movie itself is pretty good. It's called The Assignment, and it's also got um, what's her name from Alien? Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver's in it. It's got you know the guy that plays Monk. It's got um, a couple other guys in it too, but. And the thing is, it's like a noir action, but it's literally this one where it's like, there's this man, he's the best, like, assassin out here in, like, no, they're in San Francisco slash Oakland. And then he kills somebody that's related to Sigourney Weaver. So what she has is she's a surgeon. So she's like, you know what's going to fuck this guy up psych- psychologically? I'm going to turn this person to a woman. So then it turns back into Michelle Rodriguez. And then it's got to kind of live with that and then fucking go off and do, like, a revenge kill spree. And it's literally, like, a noir. Like, that's almost like an old noir thing, except for, like, having the transgender thing, I think, makes it kind of, like, new. So you just heard just running around, like, you gave me a dick! 
Well, because here's the thing. Like you, you gave me a beautiful sheet. Yeah. I'll say this. If it was 1930s, like, noir, like, the thing is like, you know what? This guy's just a dirty, dirty racist. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in there and give him plastic surgery so that he comes out like a black man, the thing that he hates the most. Like, that would have been the thing in, like, the olden days. But now it's like, guess what? This guy's just this macho man. Well, guess who he's going to be now? He's going to be a woman. He's going to have to accept it. He's going to return you into the smoking hot Mexican chick, but you're still keeping that big old floppy dick. Well, it was just weird because it was just like she's in the she's shower. She's like, she just walking around. She's just like leaned up against the shower. And because at first, like when it showed her with the beard, I'm like, oh, it's a disguise. You know, it's like Mission Impossible. I get it. She has a fucking beard at some point. <laughs> no, she literally has a She's got a beard. She's got a beard. She's got a big old hairy chest. Oh, you're giving me images I don't want because I think she's a very woman and it's just throwing in all this shit like it's oh my god well that's the same way i thought too so she just comes out of the shower with this fucking cock just swaying around and it's weird you know you think about it and it's just i i don't know it's different is there any part where she is she's just kind of wearing like a pair of jeans just has this dick just hanging out no well there's a part though like where like when she becomes like a woman she's like look at herself like what the fuck i got tits and shit you know, it's like, this is fucking weird. And then there she's got this girl that's like a nurse or whatever's taking care of her. And she's like, yo, this is Frank calling you. I want to say her name's Frank. So it's like, this is Frank calling you up. Uh, remember that last time we had a good night? We'll come back over. Uh, I got something to show you. <laughs> and then it's like, she goes over it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a woman. Oh, that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. You know, you're a guy three weeks ago, a woman today. Eh, whatever. That takes longer than that for the process, but okay. It was probably longer. It was probably way longer than that, but probably like six, I was gonna say, six months. But like that, I, I think everything took place like in a year. But I was confused. Did uh, so like the did she was she putting on like a fake voice like oh this is my guy voice like whatever girl does and if she's into any guy or was she just Michelle Rodriguez voice? It was Michelle Rodriguez's voice, just like probably like one key down or so like she just made it just a little bit deeper so i will say if you didn't really know who it was you could say it's it's like it sounds like a 15 year old boy's voice who's mexican <laughs> that, that's more what it sounded like okay okay yeah i'm i'm actually what's this movie called it's called the assignment it was on amazon prime and I, like i saw it before when it was in stores and it was like oh dude a michelle rodriguez starring movie and it's walter here this looks fucking badass because you know she had a gun on the cover and everything like every movie that leads me into like different directions but i was still was like oh michelle rodriguez gun and then like sigourney weaver sitting down down i was like who knows what she's doing but and she, and for someone like, who's very like gun pro for someone who's very pro gun control you're very much like ooh a gun well it's sold it sounds weird it's like guns in real life. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, they're fun to shoot and everything like that. But it's like, do we really always need them? But it's like, no, you fucking need them in movies and video games. It's like, it's like that kind of thing. It's like war movies is one of my favorite genres. I don't think we should really be going to war, but like, I love to watch a movie about it. <laughs> I get fair it. enough. Fair enough. But I was gonna. I'm just imagining, just like we got the role of you for a lifetime. Like, oh, what's that? Is it another fast movie? No, no, it ain't a fast movie. You're wearing a dick. Wearing a dick, and we got you a beard too. Well, it's just kind of weird because it's like, I mean, that must be one of those ones like, I want to try something hardcore in acting because that's literally what it is. It's like, you remember when Dustin Hoffman played a woman? I'm going to play a man. <laughs> I guess she is topping up a lot of other people. It's kind of like when, what's her name? Uh, Kate Blanchett played Bob Dylan in that really, really weird, like, 
artsy fartsy Bob Dylan movie. I'm not there because you think, oh, it's just gonna be a Bob Dylan biopic, and, like eight different people playing him at different. And it's more based on his songs and his actual life, in some ways based on his life. And it's just like, what the fuck am I watching? At some point, there's a funeral and a giraffe runs by in the background. What is this shit? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not exactly how Bob Dylan's life went. <laughs> There's a fucking, they're like, they're doing like some, there's a funeral of a little girl in the middle of this town square. There's this angry old timer on a bench all yelling shit out. Like fucking Richard Gere comes up and like, he's apparently Bob Dylan in this world. And they look black eyes, they flash back like, this is that fucking critic Bob Dylan ripped a new asshole like years ago. And there's like, is that, it's the same guy. How is this the same fucking thing? Why is it suddenly in like the early 1800s? I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, granted, it doesn't take a lot to confuse me, but still, that I don't get that fucking movie. I need to maybe watch it again. Anyway, it puts you over yeah. The so edge. today we're we're not talking about we're not talking about Bob Dylan or uh, oh. Michelle Rodriguez's dick. We're I talking one about one more thing before we get to a goof oh. troop or a goofy movie. I got one more thing. I was on Chris's podcast, The Couch Potato Files, and I think it goes up next Wednesday. So hopefully, by the time this one's up. It should be out. But, um, yeah, we had a real good time. Just literally like our show, we just sat down and just talked about whatever, a free-flowing conversation, a fun comedy. And, you know, he was in about the same thing as us, so it was pretty cool. So check it out, Couch Potato Files. You can find that. I think you can find it on Podbean as well. I think, you know, but it's also on iTunes and Twitter and everything like that to trace it down. I'll have to look that episode up. Couch Potato Files, you said? Yeah, he just does interviews with all kinds of different people, pretty much. Awesome. But, yeah, we tried something other than Skype to record, so there was something different going on. <laughs> mm. But we are talking about one of these movies from the mid-90s that pretty much represents the 90s almost better than any other movie, just about. And that's a goofy movie. Going somewhere, Pop? Sure are. It's a vacation with me and my best buddy, Donald Duck. No, silly. With you. <laughs> Uh, it's goofy. Give me a big Stop goofing around. In an outrageous full-length animated feature, we'll spend some real quality time together. I think I'm going to be sick. Walt Disney Pictures presents... Come on, this is going to be fun. The story of a father who couldn't be closer. What's the spirit, Max? Hey, this is embarrassing. To driving his son crazy. This is pathetic. Now, they're getting a crash course in becoming best friends. It's Bigfoot! Could you back up a bit, Mr. Foot? You're out of focus. This spring, one of Disney's favorite classic characters lands at theaters in the most hilarious It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. And hippest animated musical comedy ever. A little smokage. <laughs> A goofy movie. <laughs> Morning, son. Dad. It's hard to be cool when your dad is goofy. You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. Now, did you see a goofy movie in theaters when it came out? I did not see it in theaters. It was one of those things where I remember just seeing it like a commercial for it in the afternoon. And it was like 
a Goof Troop movie because I Goof Troop was a show that uh, I, I would watch from time to time, and you know I wasn't my favorite show or anything, but it was just one of those things. If a movie based on a show I I kind of was aware of came out, I wanted to see it. I don't know why. Just seeing I was seeing it on a big screen just seemed like, sort of like a big deal to me back then. Um, but then. I just I didn't see it till it came out like on video, and I really liked it because it was just really weird. I mean, it's one of those things I could totally see where a lot of the cynicism for this movie comes from, well, people's feelings towards it, I guess, because it's like it's literally because this movie's about a dad reaching out to his kid, and it very much feels like Disney is saying, "Hey, kids, I'm hip. Look at me do the moonwalk." Yeah. Well, when when that movie first came out, because I didn't see it in theaters either, but I, when it came out on video cassette, I remember renting it and watching it. And I actually didn't really like it when I first watched it. And I think the reason why is because it kind of bothered me that how much of a douchebag Max was to his dad, who was trying so hard to, like, do all the right things, that that sort of, I don't know, like, as a kid, that really bothered me. It was like, it was hard for me to watch. So I don't think I watched it again for like a handful of more years later. It was almost that kind of movie that I saw it initially when it came out, but I got more into it as I got older and you could almost like kind of understand it better. Not just look at it as like, what the fuck's wrong with this kid? Like, what's so bad about this life? I think for when I first saw it, like I, uh, I just liked it because, you know, I was like, oh, it's, it's Disney. It's goofy. It's all that stuff. And it, plus at the same time, it just felt kind of like different because – I mean, now it kind of throws me off because it really dates the time on it. But at the same time, like, this is like the first time I saw in a Disney movie where they were like, you know, there's a part where Pete says, taking a break from the MTV generation. So it's just one of those things like, oh, they know what MTV is. They know what children watch. And then they also just, you know, there's the part where Bigfoot's dancing and staying alive. Like, I know that song. <laughs> so there's just things like that as a kid that just would, you know, reach out to you. But now, like, taking a break from the MTV generation, that sounds like very much like we're reaching. We're reaching. I mean, they could have said a million things, but the MTV even, like, very underlines it right there. Well, you know, that really, though, that line would have been said at that time period. You know what I mean? That would have been how a, an adult like that would look at the kids. Like, that's all they do is sit around fucking watching music videos on TV, which I think about, like, in high school, that was kind of like, you watched a lot of fucking music videos, even though I was more watching VH1 so I could watch all, like, the classic rock ones. <laughs> but it sounds so exciting for, like, a teenager. What's he doing? He's watching a bunch of classic rock music. He's watching a bunch of Bob Dylan's. <laughs> And Doors, Riders in the Storm. Yeah, exactly. And weird um, Beatles ones. No, but like uh, the thing about this movie, because it's even kind of weird, because it, it feels like, you know, it's apparently meant to be a sequel to The Goof Troop, but it's also left vague enough to where it only carries on four characters, at least four I noticed. You had Max, PJ, Pete, and Goofy. And I didn't know this. Apparently, PJ, maybe you you do this. You knew this. That's short for Pete Jr. Yeah, Pete Jr. And then I never also knew that. The, the thing I kind of forgot, it's like, oh, he's played by Rob Paulson. Yeah, that kind of came back to me watching, like, that's Rob Paulson's voice. And, you know, Rob Paulson, he did the voice of, he did Donatello. He, he does Raphael he, in the original it, Ninja uh, He does Donatello in the new one, doesn't he? In the new one, he does Donatello, but in the old one, he does Raphael. He was the mask. He he was uh he was he wasn't Yakko. He was Wacko from uh yeah, the, Wacko. from Animaniacs. Yeah, and then he's also he's in Sonic the Hedgehog. He plays the French guy, the character that nobody. He played likes. Antoine. Yeah, oh Antoine. yeah, I guess the one no one likes, but eventually in the comics they made him a badass. But, eventually. Um, so yeah, it's got that, and then it's also got Jim Cummings, who's always amazing, and he's playing Pete. 
Because mm. he also plays, I always think of him as he plays Dr. Robotnik in Sonic. He does, doesn't he? I forgot about that. No. So, uh, but this movie... It's one of those things like looking back. Remember we rented because this is an age when I was I was a little kid. This because this movie came out in ninety five, and this was a, a point where your parents you, you they rent movies all the time. Now it's just like renting movies. You mean like on demand? No, no, you actually go to the store and rent them. And they would, I remember like sitting there watching it with my parents and liking it. My parents did not like the movie and kind of for the same reason. They're like, Fuck under this your Max thumb, kid. Jim. Under your thumb. <laughs> yeah, under your thumb. Well, I remember like I thought like, oh, this is a Disney movie I could watch with my dad, and then he's just like. Fuck this shit. <laughs> he literally said that. It's so like on the second like musical number, he got up like fuck this shit, got up and walked out of the room. God, he just heard a beer crack in the garage, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, and he's all like, and I'm just like, hey, dad, it's kind of a movie about like a father and son. If you want to watch it, no, nah, no, nah, we got you know, we'll watch, we can watch a western or a war movie when you're older. I'm not watching that shit. Call me in ten years. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be in the garage till then. Just turn the music on really loud. <laughs> yeah, just puts on some Emerson, like and Palmer, real loud. Yeah, <laughs> it's like let me know when you're done playing, like playing with that blue hedgehog shit. It's actually a video game. I don't give a shit what it is. <laughs> then he comes in, fucking thirty years later, you're still playing fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. He's like, God damn it! I thought you said you'd give me a call when you're done with this shit, Dad. It's never <laughs> gonna be done. Goes downstairs, cracks a beer, turns the music on really loud. <laughs> That's yeah. the same ritual. How'd you know? No, um, no. This is. I'm, I'm just clarify. I'm. I have actually a good relationship with my dad. But anyway, uh, this is just. It's just one of those things, though. When you're younger, you're like, how would I get my dad into the shit I like? And then they're just like, look at this. Like, yeah, I don't fucking care. <laughs> just at the time, it's so crushing. We look back. Actually, it's kind of funny. Um, but. Um, I remember just my parents didn't like that movie. And I was going to say that, like, I part of me that liked it, I guess it just felt different. Now, there was a period where I looked back like that movie was very panderish because it was trying to very pander. It was like a 90s teen comedy, but in a Disney style and not like live action Disney, like 60s musical Disney style 90s teen comedy, which is such a weird mix up. Well, it's that. And then, you know, it's like you take a goof troop, which that show when Max is kind of like in middle school. So he's much younger and everything. I almost even kind of forgot about that because I kind of had to look that up because I was like, you know, what? probably the last time I saw Goof Troop was like 93 because that's a mm-hmm. show that didn't really come back on TV too much at all. I mean, probably came on the Disney Channel at some point again, but, you know, you watched it right when it was out, which is probably on ABC. And then after that point, it was just like, that's all you saw, but you never saw it again. So I kind of forgot even on that, but, you know, it's like a goofy movie. It's like, that's the one I always kind of remember, but it's like, oh, I forgot. For some reason, I always thought that even Max was in high school in that one, too. But it's like, that's sort of what kind of separates it. I know. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole reason to kind of, like, minus out some of the extra characters, like, they don't have the rest of Pete's family. And I know some people are like, oh, it's probably because he got a divorce or something. That's a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility because you can see that. But I always go, you know, it's more of a movie. I think it comes from more of a movie-making standpoint. They're like, hey, we want to make mm-hmm. this movie so... When it comes out, if you never saw a Goof Troop, you're not too confused. Because you could literally just watch a Goofy movie, never have seen Goof Troop, you'll know 100% what's going on. It's not one of those movies that you're going to be totally thrown off. Well, plus, I think in the Goof Troop, I want to say Max and Goofy. Just from what I remember, like, I don't remember many episodes of it, but I remember Max and Goofy had a good relationship, and it was a really healthy father-son relationship. But I think that it was one of those things where 
now that he's in high school, they got to put the cynical kind of like, whatever, dad, that's lame type shit. And Goofy just like, oh, okay, son. Well, I'll just uh, stand in the corner and just fucking wait for you and do whatever the fuck you want me to do. Because I'll say there's like moments. There's like moments where Goofy, I, I honestly don't feel like Goofy is as much of a pushover. I think Goofy has seen some shit in the past and he's just kind of, he wants the simple life and he's just bottling it all up. And pretending like he doesn't notice, you know? Well, I think it is good at that point because he's just kind of there. Because, you know, you look at Goofy, it's like single single dad. He works kind of a shitty job that he works under his neighbor, who's the guy yeah. he's known since high school. It's just more like he just probably, like, Pete probably felt bad for Goofy. So he's like, oh, you come work at my photo booth, you know, along with my other, you know, things like the used car store I have and everything else. Well, the photo booth thing, that actually... I don't even think Pete runs that. He's probably just the supervisor at the, cause it's clearly some big department store like, and they just have a photo department and that's where Goofy works. And Pete's probably just, he's probably not even like head of that. He's probably just like, you know, secondary manager or some shit. And Goofy's just like, he's just probably too much of a pushover and too chill to be like, Oh, actually I don't even think he's like I said, I don't, I know what Disney paints him like a pushover. I don't think he's a pushover. I just think he's chill about it. And he says like, Oh, if worse comes to worse, I'll fuck these bitches up. Don't worry about that, son. You know, and I feel like, oh shit, where was I going with this? Where was I going with this? Um, like, what was the whole thing with? Uh, uh you you take over. There's something I was gonna say, but it'll, it'll come back to me later. Well, it's like maybe it's like if it goes off the point where it's like Pete got a divorce, you could see that maybe like the wife took the used car dealership, so now he had to go out and get a job, and then he felt bad for Goofy. That's right. He, had a used, he, he did have a used car, car dealership in yeah, the he show, didn't he? Through. That's right. Yeah. Well, because I kind of when I was I was just reading like I was reading a description on fucking Wikipedia, and somebody put more effort into Goofy or to a Goof Troop into a Goofy movie than any other movie I've ever seen on it. Like they literally had a fucking full on breakdown. Like you could read the whole description of the entire movie. Like nobody like the other movies we look up might have like two paragraphs. <laughs> Like, it's a Western, they go to town, they all die at the end. Done. And, you know, this one's like, Jesus Christ, somebody, like, literally sat down here. It's like, i got to make sure I write all the Goof Troop stuff. It's very important. Break down all the characters. And the musical number, in the musical number standout, Max looks at Roxanne, and you see her reflection in, the, in his glasses. Like, just really breaks it down. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, because the music that they have in there, it sort of reminds me of, they're going for this kind of, Bobby Brown slash Michael Jackson Prince, which is funny because I was looking up on, I think, the IMDb thing. They said that Bobby Brown was the original guy that they were going to get to play Power... Power Line? Power Line, yeah. Power line. I almost said Power Glove. I'm like, wait a second, that's a metal band. He was almost named Deep Freeze. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that. Power Line was a better way to go. But um, they almost had Bobby Brown, but apparently Bobby Brown was getting into drugs or something like that. So, like, fuck that guy. And then those songs that he recorded, though, for a Goofy movie, he actually apparently released later on in some of his other albums. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. They, they the guy still... that was, was someone, I mean, I don't really know who he was at the time, but I guess maybe he was kind of there for a minute. Like Devin something? Devin, uh, forgot his name. But he does the song Stand Out and, uh, and uh, Eye to Eye. And that's Eye to Eye, spelled literally I, numeral two, I. Yeah. Well, you know, so it took me to minute to find out, like, where's that fucking song? It's because they're kind of going with this, like, almost, yeah, as I said, it's almost like, reminds me of, like, sort of, like, late 80s, like, that Michael Jackson, Prince, super, like, big era. 
And okay, the movie was probably started to be made by around that time. So when they were writing the script, you know, it probably seemed pretty fresh and everything like that. But sort of like when I was watching the movie again, I kind of started to think about it because when they do the principal, who's like the change in 1500 guy from like oh, yeah. Vegas vacation, that's what I always think of him. He's also in Princess Bride as well, too, but. When he's got to dies and takes the wrong poison. Yeah, but when he calls up and he's like telling Goofy, he's like, "Yes, son." You know, when he's doing his like power line fucking presentation at school, but he treats it more like he's in the gang. He was dressed like a gang member. He was, you know, doing all this stuff. He's gonna be in jail if you don't do something, Goof. You're a horrible father. Which the way when they talk about that, it almost reminds me like if fucking Max came out and did like an NWA song, like "Fuck the police." <laughs> <laughs> like that straight out of Duckburg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, comes out there. Like, that's the way they kind of treat it. And I always kind of wondered, like, if they're making it, like, in the back of their minds, that's how they kind of wish it was going. Is like, he was going to be into some type of gangster rap instead. Because you think about it, for that time period, that would have been totally, like, the right thing. You know what I mean? Just fucking Max comes out dressed like Tupac, no fucking shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Bantana. He has goof yeah. life tattooed across his chest or his stomach. <laughs> I see that, but at the same time, though, I, I bet it's one of those things like they don't want to get too controversial, so they well, probably yeah, just well, wouldn't I mean, like. I know they they weren't doing it, but it just feels well, like on the underlying like, somebody there wanted that. Probably, and there's the part when he when he was putting on like the fucking uh, when he's putting on when they're, when they're when they're like changing the radio back and forth, the high hopes to some generic rock song. I was almost kind of expe- part of me is just kind of hoping like, what if he just puts on like you know Biggie or something like that right there. <laughs> I mean, it still works because that early 90s time period feels like it has that, that combo between you could be listening to rap, thrash metal mixed in with like, you know, even some other kind of like grunge and stuff like that. So I felt like it still fits, still fits with that like early 90s kid, you know, almost uh, like Terminator back, 2. To go back to the guy who did Platt Parline, his name is Devin Campbell and he was a singer in the 90s. And uh, yeah, that, 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 they, the, the, the singles... Uh, uh, Standout and I two I were the things they're using to sell this movie back in '95. Well, it's one of those ones like even though it has the musical numbers in there, I feel like they all fit. Like I, like, I don't think there's anything wrong. Like I like all the tunes that there is there. Well, it's a weird clash because it has this very like used to, like a Michael Jackson Prince inspired sound when it's all the Powerline music, but everything else is like your very. 60s, 70s style singing Disney tunes and Broadway tunes. They even. Originally, the guy who did Max, he was going to voice um, – he actually voices uh, Bart in um, Young Justice. He, they were going to – he was going to um, – I was going to say – they were going to actually have him sing Max originally, but they said they wanted more of a Broadway voice because that guy has a different type of voice. So they got someone else to sing for Max instead and someone who's more of a Broadway uh, mm. presence. So it's kind of like this weird clash of kind of like, hey, man, we're the ni- we're the new 90s Disney movie. And even like the – even like, you know, the way that the, they – like there's that thing that would happen in, in the 90s with like logos, just like weird jagged shapes around like <laughs> – around like, you know, logos and all that and like, you know, random like zigzags and colors just for whatever reason mm-hmm. that's why i put those like random like shapes like on pizza boys like logo <laughs> yeah i'm like they have that rolling through the credits you know so it's one of those like it's very it's reaching very hard we're trying to bring in kids from the 90s to like this movie and it got mixed reviews but it generally was got made a lot of money when it came out well it's one of those movies too where it's made for a certain, like, this movie is, like, 100%, like, our generation, like, by far. I mean, I guess technically it's for somebody that's maybe about, like, 
10 years older than us. Like if you were looking to match your age with like um, Max, but you know, mostly the, how that, how those movies always are. It's like, Hey, here's guys in high school. And then you're like a handful younger than it. And it's like, Oh, that's what high school is going to be. So like, yeah. And then you get there. Like, oh, not entirely, but yeah, you know, because by the time you get there, it's changed so much. that It's not like that. It's like, Oh, it's high school's emo. I thought high school would have been so fucking poly shore nineties. <laughs> like as a kid, I kid you not. Like I looked at like Encino Man and Son in Law, and I was like, "This is what it's gonna be like. This is what it's so gonna be like." And then you finally well, even get there. In, it's like well, the fact so they got Polly Sh- The fact they had Polly Shore come in and record like ten minutes of dialogue and then just leave. That's what it feels like. It feels like because his character is barely there. He has like barely any dialogue, and they use them to sell the movies They're like uh-huh. look it's the leading tower of cheesa i'm seeing that in the trailer for the movie and that was probably just one of those things all right throw them in there they'll get the kids and we'll bring them back and the just this movie it is one of those things it is it does seem very kind of crass and if an old school disney fan didn't like it i would totally understand why but sometimes those very crass of the moments th- moment things whether they really totally hold up in every way, it's not so much that. It's more of like, wow, this is a t- portal back to the 90s. It's kind of reminding me of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect a lot of people outside of that time frame to really appreciate it or kind of get into it for that. But for me, I almost got a little sad watching this movie because I'm like, wow, I remember seeing this movie and I remember watching this movie in the second grade and just seeing like it's been a while since I watched it. It's all in my head pretty clearly because I've seen it a number of times over the years. But it was just like seeing it again for the first time in at least probably five years. I was like, oh, my God, you know? Well, it is one of those ones, like, it's it's no different than, like, something like The Breakfast Club. Like, that movie is that mm-hmm. one for, like, I feel like, hey, if you were in, like, 85, whatnot, it's like that movie would take you back to that time every single moment. And you'd be like, dude, that's I can relate to these characters. I know these characters. Fucking a goofy movie is, like, the 90s kids' Breakfast Club, you know? That movie right there I- takes you back. It lets you go, oh, my God, I know these characters, these people, this reminds me of that time period. I know where I was when I was watching this. I feel like Breakfast Club uh, tackled some things about, you know, um, relationships and circles within the high school. This one doesn't seem to do that because I don't think it really, I'll be honest, I don't think it it holds up like Breakfast Club. I mean, I like this movie, but I feel like uh, Breakfast Club really dived deep into what was like, you know, stereotyped characters and archetypes in high school. This is much more of like the, oh yeah, I'm just on, I'm just unpopular. Why? I just am. When that was always kind of like every '90s teen kid. I mean, that I'll say this. I don't know how you feel. I think Max is actually more likable than Sean Austin in like Encino Man. And Encino Man, Sean Austin's character is like one of the worst characters in history. He's like up there with like you know like he's up there with like probably the cinema like Tommy Wiseau's character in The Room. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Sean Austin and like Encino Man. That's one of those ones you don't think about till like many times later watching it. But you just realize it's like, God, that's like the worst friend. He's literally this guy who he's got all this money. He's a rich kid, but he's kind of a loser. But then when he gets like a hold of somebody else who's kind of cool, who's his friend, he will fucking sell them out in a second for like popularity. It's just like Jesus and God. pussy. Even like the, the bully in that movie's not as bad as the nerdy kid. No, the bully guy's more. You can go. I understand where the bully guy's coming from. He's you know he's just doing it to be a douche, but he's not more than a douche. Where Sean Astin's like fucking evil, like. If he's, Sean he's Astin, conniving. If one of those movies, like if there was black magic involved, he would be fucking sacrificing Brendan Fraser there. If he had the opportunity just to like you know kill everybody on his block to get a date with 
that I think the girl in that movie was her name Roxanne too. I don't know, but it's probably something Michelle, similar. Michelle, maybe it was something like that. Something. Whatever her name was, he would have probably just killed. Like, hey man, if you kill your sister, he just turns, just like starts stabbing. Like, I didn't fucking finish. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hey, fucking buddy. finish. What I was saying. Yeah, where Pauly Shore is the only one there to keep him sort of... When Pauly Shore is the guy who's there to keep you in check... Because <laughs> think about it. What I Shore think that Pauly Shore was just... Pauly Shore is not there to let fucking Sean Astin know, like, hey, dude, that's pretty fucked up what you did. You I still no... think Paul. I think Pauly Shore is just more there just as, like... I think he just has a horrible home life, and he's just trying to hang out with this rich kid and stay he's there all the time. Food. Yeah, I think that's all he's doing that for. I don't think he actually cares. He's even trying to talk him into killing himself at one point in the movie. We can't forget that, kids. This PG movie about a kid who finds a caveman. His best friend is trying to talk him into killing himself. So just keep that in mind. So I don't think Pauly Shore even gives a shit. I think he's trying to use the kid. But at the same time... He, he, he realizes like, if Sean Astin's gone, he can be the new surrogate son. Yeah, yeah. They'll feel the grief of, like, we don't have a son. Like, you got me... You got me, Dad. That looks like uh, Wolf, like Wolf Blitzer. You know, <laughs> yeah, the Wolf Blitzer Dad. <laughs> he looks like so much like Wolf Blitzer. But yeah, we have the we have the audio co- our fan audio commentary on Encino Man. If you want to look that up, yeah. But um, but no, but this like sh- like Max is a dick. But I feel like that Max. He has some redeeming factors because he actually goes out of his way to save his dad. But at the same time, Max kind of brings all this shit we're gonna talk about this movie as if you've already seen it folks um max kind of brings a little bit of this shit onto himself because all he had to do was say dad 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 and wait 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 there's a vacation but i know you want to go on a vacation but there's a girl there's this girl i really like and goofy probably been like oh well no goof's gonna step in another goof's way of getting some trim i'm sure something like that would have happened I, oh, I love – there's a line in there. It's so funny because when Goofy's like realizing, he's like, I got to take Max on a fucking vacation to fix him so he doesn't go to jail. And, you know, Max is trying to – he's like, but, Dad, there's like this party and everything. He's like, when I was a kid, nobody invited me to a party, and look how I turned out. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's like it's such like a sad line because you just go like, oh, fuck. If, you, if, if, if I, It's almost like in Max's head if he heard that properly, be like, if I don't go to this party – I'm literally going to be working at the fucking mall underneath, like my bit, underneath PJ doing God knows what. Just tell him, telling my kid, tell my kid, under your thumb, Max, under your thumb. <laughs> That's what my dad told me. I, I do want to say there's like a sad, there is a genuinely sad moment. I'm not sure if you caught it, but there is a genuinely sad moment between PJ and Pete. And there's a part when they're out camping, and he has his RV that has the uh, – which, how the fuck do you afford that as a manager at, like, a photo booth? Okay, whatever. It must have came from the used car dealer. It's probably the last thing on the – he fucking grabbed it and just drove off during that divorce. Yeah. He's, uh, he's like, that bitch took everything else, but I'm taking this. You can take the fucking girl, too. She's not my daughter. And that's not my fucking son. Yeah, because he's going to be something, you fucking whore. Just like this super bitter divorce. Fucking like PJ Max just laying in bed. He just hears this yelling through the window next day. It's a sleepover at PJ's place. Like, <laughs> it's okay, Max. I'm used to it. Don't worry. I don't need a talking to. It's fine. This is every this night. This happens every night. Every night. Don't worry about it. Here, put the headphones on. Put your power line music on. That's what I do. I sing myself to sleep every night. <laughs> 
If we listen to each other's heart. And then he I just starts fucking beating up. Just like, PJ, PJ, PJ. Sorry, sorry, man. It's my only way. Hey, turns it out. Turns it out. Just, I'm going to turn this way. Just turns on his side. Just his ass <laughs> back that's poking out. Just. <laughs> He's listening to power line. <laughs> oh, those sweet moves he has. No, and like, but no, but anyway, there is a genuinely sad scene. I'm not sure if you noticed it, but when they're out there and he's out there bowling and he misses the pin, and Pete yells out, PJ! And then Pete, PJ comes running up, kicks the pin. He's like, see, that's respect or whatever. And then he goes to high five his son. <laughs> and he pulls away before he has a chance to high five. They actually, it's not like. You just look at PJ. He looks sad. They actually give a close cut to PJ. Well, and he even legit- pulls the 90s thing because Pete pulls away and goes, psych! Yeah, yeah, he goes, psych! And then, like, at the same time, PJ looks legitimately sad. Like, all he's ever wanted is a high five or a good job from his dad. And he le- just looks like, huh? And they just move on to the next joke so quickly. Like, he's PJ. Who gives a fuck? Well, when he lose some like- weight, maybe he'll gain half a soul. Well, that's like totally like Pete is just like that guy who like almost like bullies. Like I think legitimately he he loves his son. Never gonna fucking say it. <laughs> never gonna show it. But almost like in that process though, he really enjoys the part of bullying his son and using him. Mm-hmm. Just like Goofy as well too. That's how Goofy is as a friend. Is he's that friend that you can con into doing things. Yeah, he, Goofy seems easy to peer pressure into doing things. But I like to imagine. I like to imagine Goofy's not this much of a pushover. I like to imagine Goofy's seen some shit. He's done this past. He's quiet about it, and this is just him just going through, you know, the motions. Like, oh, I just, I, I, it's like, oh, I have a crazy life. Now it's just time to sit back and go fishing with my boy. And there's that part where there's like they go to the possum, they go to the possum jamboree, and there's the kid who leans in, just the most ugliest, dorkiest looking kid. And even though this is like some weird animal hybrid human thing. I've I've seen this fucking kid. We've all knew this kid back in elementary school. Just the way the way the kid's teeth looked, the way he talked. He's like, I know that motherfucker. And he says like, it's a dork. And then all of a sudden, when when he embarrasses Max with Goofy, there it's dork and dork junior. And Max runs away. I uh, can't help but feel like he just with the same smile always has. Just grabbed the kid by the collar like. Say that, say that shit again. I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Fucking slams the kid up against the wall. Yeah, and then the dad's hey, I dropped my kid. Like, you don't know where I've fucking been, Frank. I will fuck you up, too. <laughs> so Max is fucking it's sitting all pissy in the car. Fucking Goofy's like at this brawl out there with a bunch of hillbilly families. That's the reason they left in the first place. Oh, gee, Max, you want to go? Okay. Dropped your hat. I remember, though, being a kid, though, that scene at the possum one, that was kind of the part where it was, like, hard for me to even watch that movie, where, like, they get in the car, and just Goofy's all like, well, I, I found your hat, Max, I hope you're okay. He's like, fuck this hat, Dad, fuck this, and fuck you! And it's just, like, watching that, like, I'm like, what the fuck's so bad about that life? I mean, like, the guess guy, this dad's doing everything for you. Like, I, I, yeah. for me, that, that's, like, the one thing is, like, I have a hard time relating to, like, those kind of 90s kids who are like, nothing is fucking good! Even though I know that's been around forever, but 90s seem to it's really emphasize that kind of lifestyle and even make it kind of like, hey, it's okay to be a douchebag like that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. It's meant to be 
I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not defending it because he is being kind of a douchebag right there. But they try to portray it in a way like he had like. I'm not like I'm not defending Max. I'm not defending Max in that scene. But it feels like what they're trying to do is they're trying to because they showed how they try to present it how embarrassed he is, mm. how how he has kind of social anxiety because the part when Goofy's spinning him around, they have this weird fish-eyed lens, everybody pointing and laughing at him, and he's just like nah, he gets out of there, and then you know he definitely fucking overreacts by saying just fucking sucks, just go home, and that right there, that's probably one of the more intense moments of the movie, like that's in the part by the road where the. Uh, goofy actually gets mad like that those are like the two scenes where it's actually like oh wow this actually got kind of dramatic for a minute well that is the scenes like okay as i've gotten older like i i understand it from both sides more it's like as a kid you just literally like what the fuck and that's mm-hmm. as you get older yeah you do get it because it's like dude it's it's a moment where like his dad in a sense just like almost just made him look like a fucking bozo and it's like you can understand the reaction you know what i mean it's like those are those kind of moments like you you know you would have thought back on it like a week later and been like dude I was a fucking dick right there but it, like it, at the moment like I, I yeah. can see like where it comes from it's like it all works out in the long run and it all comes full circle and they get back to being friends and everything like that just Max has this thing it's like I don't want to be like my dad I don't want to be a goof which is just like just almost says like I don't want to be a clumsy idiot but it's like but yeah it's, that's the lovable guy who's doing everything for you. Yeah, yeah. It, I'll say that, you know, Max isn't as hateable or dislikable as other characters, but like in these kind of similar movies. But that scene right there, though, was probably the scene where it's like, well, fuck that dude. But then you kind of later, I'm not, I never really hated Max like I hated other characters, but I will say I kind of get why other people don't like him, you know? Yeah, I don't hate Max at all. Like, I, it's like he's a total fine main character, and, I, and it works. But yeah, it's just, it's just something you kind of notice. Like, like and then PJ there's the part. Yeah, I feel bad. For PJ, PJ is just that poor. He's he's just he's the literal fat fuck friend. But like, you can't get more to like the fine fat fuck friend than PJ. But we we had like when we first started doing this podcast, like Jesus, five years ago, and uh, before we were trying to figure out what it was exactly. There's an episode we were just free balling. We called it Dark Disney Ideas, and it was essentially just us just. It might be rough. I'm afraid to go back and listen to it, and I should almost not mention it. But there's like a thing we were talking about, like, you know, alternate scenes for a Goofy movie and whatnot. And like Goofy just got out of Nam and him and Mickey. It's like almost like a deer hunter kind of esque movie. And we're just kind of riffing and improvising the scene, doing the voices of the characters. And we had this one idea like, what if after that scene at the, uh, at the possum party where everything went bad, where Goofy's just like, all right, son, I know what you want. You want a fucking woman, right? Well, no, there's no better bonding experience than a three-way. Wait, what, Dad? And they get a hooker. <laughs> like, at the possum party place, too. <laughs> so you like, just get some, like, hillbilly trash one. Yeah, and he's all like, Dad, I don't want it. Like, come on, Max. All that crying is going to make your dick soft. <laughs> Here, take some Coke. <laughs> this always gets me in the mood. <laughs> just, like, fucking yeah. lay some Coke out on the dashboard. How do you think I always can't stay so happy, huh? Yeah, I don't drink like Pete, but I do Coke. <laughs> that's, I guess, I guess both their vices right there. I actually, um, I was going to say, I think that, um, I think another thing that made this movie really stand out to me is you would never really see, I mean, I know originally Mickey Mouse, Donald, and Goofy, they were shorts that became, they're shorts then thrown in front of movies at back in the olden days when you get like, oh, here's the news, here's the cartoons, here's another short, here's the main picture. Um, I feel like that like this is like one of the only movies though I've seen in a long time where I can think of where 
one of like the main icon characters is in the movie as the star because I don't think we've ever had a movie where di- where Mickey was the star, and I'm talking about a movie that went to theaters. So yeah, that's not Fantasia. That's not yeah. It's kind of weird because Fantasia. That's a short. Yeah. Well, that's a movie. I mean, Mickey Scene is, is a short though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantasia yeah, Mickey Scene's a short though. But that's like that's the only time I can really think of that. It's like yeah, because like Mickey has stuff. It's kind of weird that they don't. I've always thought that was kind of strange that they don't actually utilize. Mickey and Donald and all those guys more than they should. They're kind of like, it's almost like as far as Disney goes, they're like C-roster characters. It's kind of weird just thinking about it, but. Well, it seems like they don't have, they're not, they're just like more of a, here's what we'll have on for a kid's show on Saturday morning, but we're not going to give them their own movie. It feels, that just feels weird to me at this point. And like, I know the original shorts from like, you know, set 60s and back, those are all, those all played in movie theaters before. Hmm. Well, it's because you didn't have anywhere else to see him at that time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But at the same time, though, I'm just surprised they haven't had... So seeing Goofy is, like, a main character in this. Like, oh, so good. So they finally gave a Disney character, one of the main characters, is that old movie. So that's another thing. You know what I want to know, though? There's that scene when they're, like, doing, like, the On the Road song, and they pass by, and fucking Mickey and Donald are hitchhiking yeah. on the road. What the fuck is the story that led to that? Like, how did Mickey and Donald, like, end up fucking out in the middle of, like, Nebraska fucking hitchhiking on the side of the road? Well, I'm just waiting, like, Goofy just pulls over, like, oh, Johnny's old open room. Oh, hey, Mickey. Oh, hey, Goofy. Tell you what. Let you in if you suck my boy's dick. Like, what? What? He's, just, he's all pissed off because he's not going to get any trim when we get back because he fl- flapped his mouth off like a fucking idiot while going, to, going on a fucking stage with a rock star. He doesn't even fucking know. Can you believe that? So much you suck his dick. I'll get you 20 miles down the road. What? 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 Yeah, I fucking figured Dad, drives that's, off. Dad, it's like your best friends. It would be so awkward. It's like, well, you know, back in the day, I'll tell you, we did a lot of weird shit. <laughs> It was the 70s. Yeah, back when you should have saw us in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me tell you something, son. War does something to a man. <laughs> and when you're not the ones fighting, guess what you're doing? You're fucking. And sucking. <laughs> Each other. <laughs> like that Journey song. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how Steve Perry really wanted to write it. It's fucking and sucking. Don't stop the sucking, Max. Don't start fucking. Hold on that's, to that feeling. It didn't roll off the tongue as much, but you get the idea. That's why I was wondering. It's like, what kind of binger were fucking Mickey and Donald on? That they lost all their money, lost whatever vehicle they were in, and now they fucking got a hitchhike to God knows where back. I want to think that probably a, a like a chopped up dead hooker was in that suitcase. Mickey can't fucking know. Mickey can't fucking know. Donald, you gotta give me your fucking trip. Yeah. To blood oath, man. Use the blood oath. We go. We go out together. This. Shut the fuck up. I'm talking. Fucking slaps it. <laughs> Nobody wanna hear your fucking voice. The only reason I'm telling you is that I know you can't tell anybody because no one knows what the fuck you're saying half the time. And Daisy's already fucking dead. This. And if you try to write it down, I'll cut your fucking feathers off, motherfucker! Oh, look, there's Goofy! Oh, that fucking asshole just drove by! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> just, that's, that's my like guess. The scene is missing. There's fucking Mickey throwing up the fucking bird in the rear view mirror. <laughs> 
There's like apparently Mickey pops up three more times, like once in the Powerline concert, then once in the in the um, audience somewhere in the uh, which call it in the, uh, uh, the stand up song. No, oh, yeah, but yeah. But it's also like the point where it's like, like, what the fuck is Mickey doing? Like, is he like hitchhiking to all these places too? Like, who is he following? Why is he following? <laughs> I can see Mickey just being like, oh, I just want to go on a good old adventure. It'll be a good old time. You know, I could, I could see that. And like, I mean, you know, there's our Mickey, which is like a coked out monster who just wants to fuck anything and kill anything he doesn't like just because he's he's rich. He can get away with it. Uh-huh. But I think realistically, Mickey's probably the guy who just like, it's just part of the adventure, boys. Oh, we lost a tire. Not a big deal. We'll just hit the open road. That's, I, I feel like that's how a lot of the Disney characters are, is they're all like overly optimistic. But I feel like when you got too much of that optimism, the optimism, it's, it's going to get to like a... Well, yeah, Donald's there to just release his anger. But like Mickey and Goofy, this like I feel like they get to like boiling points. <laughs> where you just can't be optimistic anymore. Because Goofy even gets to this in the movie. There's a point where he's like, okay, Max, I gave you the map. I'm letting you make all the decisions now, so, you know, I'll just trust in your hands that you'll be the honorary navigator, and we will get to our fishing destination. And they come up on the road, and there's, like, a turn to go to California, a turn to go to, like, fucking, where is it at? Idaho. Idaho. And it's, like, goes back and forth, back and forth. Come on, Max, make the decision! Make the fucking decision, Max! And, of course, the very last second, Max Panics goes, fuck it, left! And they go left, and you just see this look on fucking Goofy's face. Like, he knows. Because Pete kind of mentioned it before. He's like, your son's fucking leading you to L.A. You should check the map, Goof, under your thumb. Well, that, that whole part, though, I will say, that, like, I don't know any dad who would take that much shit about another person talking that much shit on their son. Like, your son's just a fuck-up, Goof. He's just a bad kid. What can I say? You know, I, I can think of, like, so many dads, like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just that's how Goofy sort of is. It's like he tries to keep that optimistic attitude. He doesn't want to start <laughs> shit with anybody and everything like that. <laughs> it's just, well, I like that, that park scene. And I feel gets like, oh, the... that's just how Pete is, you know. It's just... You know him getting you all riled up, talking shit on your only living family members. You know, um, you know. Th- there's like that part where he gets in the car and he he's gonna look at it. He's like, "No, I trust my boy." And he just gets mad. He just hits the dashboard. The thing opens up. Like, all right, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna look at it. Then he just hits the dashboard. He's just frustrated. Then it op- actually opens up. Like, oh shit! And I like how it's just so blatantly, just like I'm just gonna. I know he drew it himself. I'm just gonna draw right. That's all, all you'd have to do is just actually just look. Like, oh, he circled Los Angeles instead of Lake Destiny. The only two things with actual pictures on the map. And yeah, then there's the part. For all you know, he could have just made circles and just drew on the map. That's it. And then um. But there's that part, though, I'll say I like that scene where they actually get angry because it's not played for comedy. It's one of the few times you actually see Goofy acting like an angry parent, which I've never seen in the movie. He's like, how about 20 questions, Dad? This and that. You, you can see Goofy's mad. He just pulls the other side of the road, just walks out, just stands there by himself. He's like, come on, Dad. Why don't you just tell me? He's like, you, you know, and he's like, I'm probably too stupid to figure it out anyway. You know, I'm like, oh, shit. You never well, see Goofy. He does Goofy. that, like, dad thing where, you know, it's like every once in a while I feel like everybody's kind of seen their dad at one point just do that thing where, like, they're pissed. But it's like they, they don't they, they don't want to yell at their kid necessarily because I feel like that's totally like a 90s dad thing. It's like, we ain't going to fucking yell at our kids. We're past that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, like, they'll do that thing where they just kind of, like, stomp off and they just look off into the distance. It's like that's the only thing they can do to kind of, like... And let their hate fester, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's like, we ain't like the old generation. We're not going to beat our kids. We're not going to yell at them. 
want to sock him in the fucking face like my old pop goop did, but you know, right. yeah, you gotta be the better man, damn it, the better man. You know, old old grand, old Papa Goof would have smacked me across the fucking chin if I acted like this, and then strangled me with his belt, and then punched me in the fucking side of the head. Call me a fucking queer. That was just the way he was. Yeah, you know, and then he'd get you a beer, and you'd be all okay ten minutes later. And that was my first day in the fourth grade. After that, I never acted out. <laughs> we just made sure we went fishing. I did everything he asked. Never questioned it, and he was always that happy and always that optimistic, just like I am now. Like, if you ever, like, stepped out of line with Papa Goof, he would just be like, Oh, boy, you're stepping out of line? Well, you know what happens then! Just starts taking off the belt. <laughs> just an old belly action just starts snapping it in front of him, coming towards him. <laughs> He's just got like what the he just like white what a... beater on and like fucking an old timey <laughs> hat and a cigar. What he just like like Goofy's going to like a therapist is like, well, one time he put down a hammer, a pack of cigarettes, a knife, and a belt. Well, what'd you pick? Just I picked the hammer. Why? Cause fuck him. That's why. Kevin Bison's funny. There's that part where like <clears throat> they're in like. The big where, where they find Bigfoot or whatever, and this is totally the other '90s thing too, because Max is like all pissed off at his dad for like the possum party thing, and then they literally get footage of Bigfoot on the camera. But of course, Goofy drops the camera, and then Bigfoot's like tearing it up. And Max at first is all excited about it. He's like, "Oh, dude, dad, we're gonna be so fucking famous. We're gonna be so awesome. We're gonna get all kinds of pussy." Like, blah 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 blah. And then he sees the camera torn exact up. Exact words. And he's just like, sits back like, "We don't have fucking footage of it. Stupid." Well, Max, Bigfoot's out there. Yeah, like Bigfoot, whatever. Like, he, like that's really important. <laughs> it's not on camera. It's just doesn't make a fucking difference, Dad. I think they're you also your eight millimeter camera. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit more of a scene. Just like, let's just go. Just tired. <laughs> it. It's just like. It's just that, like, it reminds me almost, like, in Prometheus of, like, when they get to the planet or whatever, they check fucking one cave, and that guy goes, this is it? Well, this is just one kid. Fuck it. Stupid. Let's go back home. I don't care. Fucking waste of eight years getting here. <laughs> just yeah, like, it was kind of like... You know, like, there's so much more... Ch- don't want to see it. Yeah, it was kind of like that to an extent. I thought that whole part, though, was just... That, that I actually I kind of like because that was like one of the few scenes because I'm just so used to seeing Goofy being super bright, happy, and optimistic. So whenever he has another emotion to this movie, I notice those are more of my favorite scenes. And that scene, he just looks bored, like nope, still there. Like even the magic has worn off for Goofy by that point because he's just been waiting in that car for so, so long. long. Well, that's what the guy, like the director, said who was putting together. He was like, "That's what I always want to do." Is like he's always felt like he's like Goofy's always kind of just been the Goofy character. He's like, I want to add these extra emotions and layers to him. It's like you know, here's this father, and he's a single father, and he will get angry, and he will you know have just different thoughts and feelings. But Steve just, Martin was almost considered to do the voice of Goofy. I don't know that's kind of a weird choice. I feel for a character like Goofy, I feel like if you had somebody like Steve Martin doing, I feel like that might take away from it. I like Steve Martin a lot, but I just don't feel like. Well, at the same time, so it's just Steve Martin doing a Goofy impersonation? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's kind of like... It's kind of like when they... I, I mean, I don't really... I'd never seen the movie. I don't plan on seeing it. But apparently they got celebrities to do the voice of the chipmunks in the Alpha and the Chipmunks movies. It's like, okay, so you got celebrities just so you can auto-tune their voices? Yeah, so you could just knock them up a bunch of pitch higher. Yeah. It's kind of weird. So. 
mm-hmm. you know, or it's it's even kind of like there's sometimes like someone's too. It's like I remember like it's like the Yogi Bear movie that they had. They had like Dan Aykroyd and Justin Timberlake, and I remember we talked about this. I'm like, now if it was Dan Aykroyd and Justin Timberlake, and they was like live action, and all they had on was the Yogi and Boo Boo outfits, so fucking Dan Aykroyd's got a hat on and a tie and no fucking pants or shirt, and Justin Timberlake's just got a fucking bow tie on and no pants and shirt, I might go see that for being that ballsy. And everybody refers to literally that ballsy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Everybody refers to them as bears. Like the entire movie treats them like that. But as the audience, you're just watching two naked men run around. <laughs> well, at the same time, I'm just thinking, you know, like there's the there's the class of gay dudes, bears, which is like hairy gay dudes. So I guess Dan Aykroyd could fall under that category right there. So just like, oh no, we mean the different kind of bear, man. This de- Different kind of yogi. He wants more than your picnic basket, bro. But I just always feel like when you have kind of like... Did I make it awkward? Really? That's where it got awkward? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying that... For those Should kind of... switch? Just sweep that aside. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like one of those ones... Like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, when you have a character that's like iconic, like Yogi Bear or Goofy, it's mm-hmm. weird to just get an actor. It's like, they're going to just do that voice. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, get them yeah. to play somebody else. Like I don't know, like the villain or I don't know, just anything else. But mm-hmm. just well, I guess it's like I don't know. Well, I guess we'll wait and see who does the voice of Sonic when that comes out. Yeah, and now Sonic, I guess by this point, because he he's, Sonic, like, he's got kind of J- multiple voices. I will say it's like he doesn't really have Jaleel White's everyone's favorite. So well, it depends on who it is. Urkel. Well, I mean, yeah. it depends. A lot of like, people uh, like to really like the Our generation, yes, but like, it seems like the younger generation would take a Sonic Adventure voice over that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing they're probably going to go Jaleel White or probably um, someone more bigger of the moment or something like that. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm not even sure if that movie's ever going to come out. But even if it does, I'm not at the point where I'm so excited for that movie. I'm just kind of curious. I just want to know what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. But as far as the Goofy movie is concerned, though... Um, that part where he actually is on the side of the road and he's actually mad. That part actually feels really sincere. And there's the part where they're the the the, uh, the uh, car is going down the water, and he's trying to pull he's trying to pull Max into it. He's like, "You're trying to." He's like, "You just keep on trying to pry my life, my, your way to my life." He says, "I'm not trying to run into. I'm not trying to rule your life. I just want to be part of it." He's like, "Oh shit." That got real there for a minute. Well, it also builds up, too, because like, where Max is like, Dad, the, the car is going, Max, what the fuck did you do now? <laughs> Fucked it up! And there's the last place. He's like, like, Dad, no, it's ruined. a break. Oh, it's probably your goddamn fault, Max. He's like, and then like this part where he's even like pulling the door. He's like, Max, why'd you fucking lock the door? He's like, Dad, that's your son. He's like, I don't give a fuck! <laughs> <laughs> It just gets to that point where it's just like, it's almost like a point like, it's, pro- it's just like, yep, yep, I just can't do anything right, apparently. Like, yeah, he has that yeah. attitude going. Mm-hmm. And then Maxim says, see, you ruined everything when the e-brake came off. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it's almost it's like, I think it's still, like, that movie definitely defines, like, that father-son relationship, I guess, at, like, age 15. And being, well, I mean, the, the 90s is, like, the over thing. But I guess that could relate to probably anybody. You could have, you could literally have that movie in 2005, and you would just have the emo version of it. That'd be the only thing that'd be different. Yeah, I mean, it still has that whole thing to it. So I'll say that like when emo, the, like PJ and fucking Max, with the reverse mullet hanging over yeah, the side of their face, over like Dad, want to fucking go to the My Chemical Romance concert? I just want to mosh in place, looking down at the ground. <laughs> no, there, there's the part where um, they actually get. I like how they don't even break. They don't even like try to narrow in how they got to the concert. Like we're just the concert now. Don't worry about it. And when they get there. 
I mean, because really, when you when you think about it, when you think about it, it's just like they try to portray like there's the stage manager guy who's just like, you kid, what are you doing here? Get over here. And they try and tra- treat him like kind of like a villain. But then it's just like really like my fucking wife and kids are relying on my like this guy's security is like my my fucking livelihood. If I fuck up, you know, Max, aside from the fucking, you know, sending that guy into a fucking like stage into like a, a like a, a big screen getting electrocuted and falling over there's no way that guy didn't get fired for like letting max and goofy jump on the stage like they're like i'm surprised like power like the power line was like oh hey what's up okay sure go ahead dance i guess you know i wonder if like back, after the stage like, like, the audience, like, <laughs> like get these fucking guys up <laughs> something like the no no like with the, or what if he just did the thing where he just sits down like on the fucking stage like all like Axl Rose like and starts looking like yeah we ain't fucking playing this show if people up here are just gonna come up on stage they could they could do whatever the fuck they want like he just breaks it down like yo this was well choreographed for months <laughs> and this goofy motherfucker hey you knows my main shut the fuck up it's <laughs> like so, yeah you know why I know you we fucked the same chick once. <laughs> fucking Roger Rabbit's girlfriend. That's who. And then they're just like, "Oh, I made that shit up. They actually do know each other." Yeah, she's what broke up the fucking band. Yeah, it's just like well, it's like, "Yeah, we knew your dad. He used to play keyboards for us." Fuck. And then at the same time, he's just like, "Max, I'll be honest. I didn't come here to help you out get laid. I came here to do this. Pulls a gun out, shoots him at point blank range. That's for stealing my woman, you stupid fuck." <laughs> Okay, Max, come on. Come back with your old dad. We're going to get out of here. But, Dad, you're going to fucking go to jail. Nope, we are going to go out like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Here you go, Max. Have your own revolver. <laughs> Credits. Freeze frame with them running. Freeze go- frame. Yeah. Uh. They just all of a sudden, eye to eye, starts to play again. <laughs> Credits roll. No, what it does is it shows that, and then it just cuts to like the party where they're watching the Powerline concert, and it just shows Roxanne's like face watching as like both Goofy and Max just get gunned down by police. <laughs> <laughs> and then credits no music. No you just music. maybe hear like you know police just, reports. Like, light crying in the background. <laughs> and at this point, then it cuts back after the credits. You realize the light crying was PJ. <laughs> 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 and then fucking Pete opens the door, looks in, like, always knew he was a faggot. <laughs> but Dad! Bop, 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 that. Under your thumb, goof. No, but I, I kind of like, because, you know, they probably got that guy fired. That guy who's just doing his fucking job. Guy was not really in the wrong and, at all. And now he probably needs his health benefits, and he's probably not getting those now from being electrocuted. Yeah. And the guy, I could almost see him if it did, if it wasn't the extreme thing. I could see the guy pulling them so like, "Hey guys, so you like coming on my show? Guess what? No one jumps in the middle of Powerline's dance. No one, fucking no one, like backstage, just like not cool, not understanding. Because he even has this look on his face when they jump in, like, "Whoa, what? What's going on? Okay, cool." And they just keep dancing, like, "All right, like, do the like, perfect." Get, like, I'll, just, I'll per- just make it look like this is part of the act because I don't want to make it feel like that to the audience. But we get back. I don't want to look bad. It's gonna make me look bad. Yeah, exactly. How's that kind of look? Like, I wonder, like, how many charges they actually got they don't talk about. And the whole thing with that is just, like, it's like, Max, you're already in. You all, you, There's, like, a million things Max could have done differently. Like, look, 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 
last minute thing. My dad is dragging me along with this with this uh, to this concert. He all he had to say is, "We're going to the concert. We're going to the concert. You're really going to a concert across the country?" Well, my dad actually knows Powerline. We got special tickets. Like, oh, cool. All right, cool, awesome. You could have stopped there. Like, we're gonna go on stage with Powerline. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Fuck you doing? I feel like that's kind of the moral. Of the story is is like don't make up ginormous lies that you cannot. Well, actually, that's the worst part. It's like don't make up ginormous lies that you can't back up just to realize that you fucking did back them up somehow, some way. <laughs> but I feel like deep down, it's well, like, there's also that you're just not supposed. Like the whole point feels when? like I'm, you're not supposed to lie. I think that's like kind of the key thing there. And you know, he apologizes for the end, but he really does back up his lie pretty darn well. Yeah, but at the same time, though, there's this whole part where. I want to be popular. They have this whole opening theme, like, I wish I was popular at school or whatever. And then they have all these kids that were giving him shit during that whole song come in like, hey, man, you just stopped the, the school the school committee and just did that whole fucking song and dance. You're cool now. We like you. We respect you because of that. And there's no real thing of like, you know what? Maybe these guys are assholes for saying that. It's just like, whatever, man, you're cool now. You bend the rules a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like all I had to do is do one edgy thing and everything changes. And like they never go back to the idea of like maybe these kids are all fucking assholes. Except, you know, Roxanne's like the only one. Roxanne and her like nerdy friend are the only two that are like, oh, they're not kind of, they're not they're not so bad. But everyone else just like, oh, he did one edgy thing? That makes him cool forever rather than just for, for the moment. They're probably gonna forget who he is by the time school starts up again. I know, because like how long is that fucking vacation that him and Goofy went on for like two plus weeks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So who knows? But yeah, I I, I will say like there's that part when, like, our Goofy, like, our angry Goofy who just got out of Nam. Like, there's the part when they go visit, like, Roxanne. I feel like when, like, uh, if his if, if Roxanne's father walks out of that scene and, like, sees, like, oh, hello, my, miss, nice to meet you. And, like, sees the dad, like, yeah, I fucking said it. What you gonna do about it, motherfucker? <laughs> like, they know each you other know from the war. Scene? Yeah, like, it's one of those things, like... He's just, he's like not, he's, he ain't scared of nothing. He's seen some shit. Like, you know what things I'd kill for? Shit, you know what? I'd kill to go back to the Possum Jamboree. I like it that much. Ever been <laughs> on the other side of the bayonet? I have. I ain't afraid of shit, motherfucker. <laughs> Max, you know this, her daddy here, he was peeling potatoes while your dad was out cutting heads off of the enemy. Yeah. You know how many ears I have? I lost count. You don't have no count. I can tell you that much right now. Once it becomes bucket loads, you just start forgetting. (laughs) By that point, you don't even carry around a necklace. Just carry around an infant skull. War does something to a man, I tell you. I'll be like Bukim Woodbine in that movie Dead Presidents, where he's just carrying around somebody's skull in his backpack for good luck. (laughs) Oh. But... No, there's something about Goofy movie, though. It's like, every time I watch it, though, it just does bring, like, the biggest smile to me. It just takes me back to that time. I mean, it's just that point. I mean, I know that there's, like, movies like that. I think every generation has their certain section of movies that's just like, oh, my God, that just takes me back. Gives you those warm feelings of being, like, ten years old again. And, you know, mm-hmm. that time period just circled around that. And for me, it's like movies like A Goof Troop can do that. Especially movies like Son-in-Law, Encino Man. Just that, that pocket time period of... Just those like fun, war- they, 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 like warm, optimistic '90s movies that 
you don't really see very often anymore. That style, it'll come back at some point, but like everything, I guess it is it one of those things that seem more warm and kind of optimistic because that was the time we grew up. So it, we just kind of have this kind of warm feeling for it. Or because I was watching, I was watching some of the like more um, earlier Marvel movies the other day, and they kind of have a little bit of that same feeling to me, sort of to an extent. Well, I, like I, Avengers I kind of definitely has a little bit more of a not like 90s camp, but more of kind of like that fun kind of I don't know, for whatever reason that gives me I mean, I'm not trying to sound I'm not trying to change topics here, but it kind of gives me that same sort of nostalgic feeling that something from the 90s would have given me. Well, the reason I say warm and like stuff like that is like literally movies from the 90s have like warm colors. You know, it's almost everything sunny. It's bright. Where like, you know, you watch something like 70s and it's like, why the fuck is it always gritty? Why is it always dark? Why is it hard to see? You know what I mean? There's like, it just seems like of genres or years, there's almost like different kind of styles of filmmaking and so on. Mm-hmm. And it seems like in a lot of 90s stuff. I mean, you look at the titles and they're all brightly colored. You look at, you know, just the look of everything. Where like something like from the 80s sometimes has like that kind of blue overcast to them, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's I, what creates what I consider like the one. I mean, yeah, it, it is the nostalgic as well. That like only enhances it. But just the look of a 90s movie has a warm. It's because it, it's no different than like 60s movies. You know what I mean? Like the, the 50s and 60s was that other time period where like everything is good. Why make something about stuff that's not that great? You know, I feel like that something like um, I feel like that a lot of like mainstream because like 90s also was a very cynical time, even though there wasn't really a whole lot for Americans generally to be mad at for the, like, or let me put it this way. Um, upper middle class Americans to be mad about back then. It seemed to be pretty like, you know, mainstream movies seem to be pretty kind of colorful and pretty laid back. But a lot of indie movies at that time, a lot of weird experimental indie movies at the time were kind of darker colored and were a little weirder and off bait off beat, you know? Oh, well, yeah, that, no matter what, I mean, you, you get, there's, there's always going to be there, but I mean like as far yeah. as the mainstream stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't even say necessarily mainstream stuff. It's just this certain pocket of stuff. Is There's these genres that just have that kind of feel. It's almost like it comes from, like, a Steven Spielberg kind of, because Steven Spielberg really, like, has that vibe while he's, like, that warm kind of feel. Like, like he would just give you a good hug. That's how Steven Spielberg feels. <laughs> well, even, like, Jurassic Park, which is a movie with a lot of peril and kind of dread to it, still has this kind of, like, good old summer kind of uh-huh. adventure kind of vibe, you know? yeah. But um, so yeah, there's just those kind of things, and as I said, like you know, you watch like a lot of '70s movies. '70s always has like grit, their hard edge. You know, when when somebody's evil, they are pure evil. They are they are nothing to like give you reason why you should like them. It's like no, this person is like just nonstop terror. You mm-hmm. know, and then you watch movies like from like the, the '80s is kind of like a, it's that's a, like a mixed genre section too, where you have movies that are kind of still gritty but can still have almost like a fun vibe to them at the same time. It's almost like a transitional one. And then you kind of get in like mm-hmm. the 90s, and that's where you almost have lots of these action movies even become more fun than anything else. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but it just depends. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it's like you look at the 2000s. 2000s is one of those time periods where like oh, everything yeah. is desaturated. Everything, everybody's in black. You know, yeah, that's because like, Matrix made it popular. It's like Underworld, Resident Evil. They're all trying to like mimic that. Yeah, you know, then you get the ones too. Like, what was that Christian Bale one? Um, uh, Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Like, you start to get all the other ones, and that's where even like the Aeon Flux movie like doesn't even look like the TV show. They go with more of that Matrixy look. They got yeah, just all kinds of things. 
where it's just funny when you just kind of watch in hindsight. And I think that's like looking back at like a goofy movie. You wouldn't have thought much of it in 95, but now mm-hmm. like going back, it's just like, just even look at the way that the characters are designed and the way that they look and everything like that. It's like, oh yeah, total 90s. Well, even have like, they have the 90s stereotype. Like there's the goth girls in the bus who are just like, ew, sorority girl, like or sorority, like, you know, meetings well, or yeah, whatever. They, they wouldn't say sorority. That's, that's like a Then sorority. Term. Not, I mean, sorority. Like I mean, girls. what was it? They, Preppy girl. They said something. No more. Uh, not sorority. They said no more something meetings. Because the songs, they're like, no more gym class. No more this. And they had the preppy. They had the goth girls like no more of whatever the popular girls like. Something to that effect. Yeah. And then there's the poor bus drivers just blue cars. Like, I'm going to see it on my butt. That was the line that all. Whenever like somebody put this movie on in, in like a classroom, like okay, kids, movie day. And if this movie came on, came on multiple times for a reason. That's a part of the kids that always like sit on his butt. <laughs> and you see the poor bus driver like in the next room who looks pretty much like identical to that guy like yeah i guess i'll go back and sit on my butt <laughs> that's kind of sli- he doesn't even fucking walk out he just like slides out clint eastwood style <laughs> bus driver looks for looks 60 he's actually 42 <laughs> yeah, exactly that's what that job's gotta do just kids screaming on a bus all day i remember like thinking like when i was a kid bus drivers I mean bus drivers are fucking assholes like no no, as an adult who's not even forty yet, I totally fucking get it. I that shit. I just like shut up, sit down. I don't fucking care. You're all it's the fucking a, same to me. I feel like that's a job that's got to take a toll on you so fast, so yeah. fast. It doesn't no matter how much you like children. I feel like you'll be wanting to drown them in like pools of water pretty soon. Like you'll I, see I, like a pond, and the only thing you'll think about is driving that bus in there and locking all the doors and watching it slowly <laughs> sink in. <laughs> There's this movie, like, what was it? Um, did you ever see the movie? I think Simon Birch, another 90s movie. Mm, that sounds familiar, but I don't think I ever saw it. Well, it's this movie about, like, this short little, like, it's this kid with dwarfism. And it takes place, I think, in the 50s or the 60s. And there's a part near the end of the movie where, like, and this it's, like, very kind of gaudy, kind of, like, I'm small for a reason. God's going to find his choice with me. It's actually directed by the same guy who did Daredevil. But anyway, um... At some point, like, they're on a field trip or whatever, and, like, the bus goes over a fucking bridge, and the bus driver is like, I can't swim! I can't swim! Just literally leaves all these kids to die. Just opens the <laughs> opens the fucking thing, jumps out, and all the kids are getting out. And then Simon, since he's small, he's able to help some other kids get through the small window, and he's, I don't know, he helps one or two kids, and he dies in the hospital bed. It's very cheesy and really sad. Oh, like, I gotta that, go. That movie sounds familiar. I think I know. I think I have seen that movie. Now that you mentioned that part, and but I just, I just, just thinking back on that part of just like that fucking bus driver. I just think it was a kid. Like, man, what a fucking bitch leaves all these kids to die. Like, yeah, he was probably planning. Like, you know what? Fuck these kids. Whoops! Whoops! I can't swim. Jumps out. Yeah, it's like one of those ones. Like, like I, I understand exactly what that guy's going for. When, yeah. when you see it like that, that's for sure. You know what's kind of funny is this movie came out like literally like right. It's like they were gonna put this movie out before Lion King, and this I don't know. I, I read this like a couple times in there, and for some reason it was getting held back in animation. So they're like, you know what? Just throw that Lion King movie out, and that'll be that'll be the goof troop filling spot. <laughs> it's just so weird because they think fucking. Lion King, like Lion King being one of the biggest Disney movies of all time, and just being like, yeah, that that's a filler spot for since we can't have Goof Troop out or the Goof. I'm movie surprised. Out. Like, how does this movie follow? How's no one wants to follow Lion King? Well, I remember that. I don't think this is considered to be because I mean Disney. They have like I mean 
it's still a Disney animated film. But the thing is, Disney, like, you know, when people think Disney animated movies, they think Dumbo, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Sleeping Beauty, all that kind of stuff. I I don't feel like the Disney really acknowledged this as one of those. I feel like, because I know that, like, you know, the Duck movie went to theaters i've never seen it but the recess movie which is which was a disney saturday morning cartoon went to theaters so i almost feel like they treated this like a step above that because it still feels like it could be its own thing but still feels like it's kind of this weird little experimental area but the guy that directed this um i don't have it in front of me but that guy actually directed enchanted and he also directed tarzan so mm-hmm. he went on to do bigger movies yeah not not necessarily better movies, but bigger movies, I guess you could say. But well, it's most ones like well, that's how Disney's always been though. There's like there's literally there's like the Disney princess or prince movies, and then there's the Disney kind of like other movies, and they mostly throughout the year. I mean, you look, that's always been the case. Like I don't think people put in a sense like Goofy in the same thing as like oh you know it's like well, that's the follow up the Lion King. It's like no, it's more like it's its well, own I'm... thing. Yeah, it's kind of like and they've done that for you know last 60 years there's always been those other like in between animation movies well there's a thing about like when you would um whenever you would buy i mean because i was i'm not gonna lie i I was a huge disney buff when i was a kid if there's a new disney movie coming out i was checking that out um maybe it came out before maybe i didn't have the movie that showed up remember whatever major disney movie you got they would have like a sneak peek like a five minute sneak peek what the next movie they're making was so if you got i don't remember what to say her sneak peek at mulan or you got lion king here's a sneak peek at whatever whatever the next one after that was i, th- I think it was made in pocahontas this i don't i don't remember seeing the, the thing for a goofy movie on any of those so i don't think they consider it to be one of the prestigious main disney movies just more of one of those oh yeah it's just here's a fun one you know well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like that's not saying anything against the movie. It's just, it's not it's bad. Not, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just in a different category. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like you wouldn't put Pirates of the Caribbean in the same category as Lion King. They're both Disney movies, but they're not the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. When the, this movie had fun, it was funny. Is like the the commercials that they had because I watched the Goof Troop or the Goofy movie on um, VHS, so they had the commercials beforehand. And on this one, they had um, a preview for this Pocahontas Sega Genesis game. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. That's take you back. How does she attack in that? How does she attack? Does she just kick or punch or what does she do? I don't think you attacked in that game. That was like a game that was literally made like without attacking. You like, it was kind of almost like Prince of Persia style where you like climb around. It had like amazing looking artwork. For a Sega Genesis game, if you get the chance, try that one out. It's like, it blows your mind how good that game looks. Hmm. But it was more like, it was like Prince of Persia. That was kind of how it was. And you sort of solved puzzles. And you could play as the raccoon, too. So he could, like, go into smaller areas. Okay. But they had that. And then they had this other, like, jungle. They had this weird Jungle Book Kids thing? Something like that. And it it wasn't Jungle Book Kids, but it was something similar. Where it was just this guy. And just, you watch this guy, it's like, God, that's got to be such the shameful job. Where you're like, you're literally in front of a green screen, like, hey, kids, look at me. Let's do a sing and dance romp. Yeah. And then they just have like all this like overlay of animation and like kind of video effects and stuff going on. And you just kind of watch them just like, I, I watched like a minute of it because I'm like, this will make for good material to talk about. And then afterwards, like, where's that fucking remote? Fast forward this shit. Can't take it. I can't no, take yeah. it. I can't take it. Yeah, it was just like, and it was long too. When I was fast forwarding, I was like, Jesus Christ! I would have been here for five minutes if I was watching this thing. 
Well, I remember we're getting the Toy Story uh, VHS. See, that's a Pixar movie. Still Disney stuff all over it. The po- to- Toy Story VHS had like almost 20 minutes of ads before the movie. Well, that was a time period too when Pixar was Disney's though. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's still Disney, but I mean, it's more one of those things like it's the different distrib. It's I mean, I mean, same distributor, but just it felt like a different team. You know what I mean? It was obviously Pixar style was was very different from Disney style. Yeah, exactly. You know what's kind of funny? When I think about Goof Troop in a goofy movie, I think what that, like, why they chose that kind of stuff. I mean, they want to make kind of a relatable thing. And, you know, probably if you look back in time, I mean, I can think of Hanna-Barbera stuff that has relatable stuff because that's always the Hanna-Barbera style. You think of, like, Flintstones kids in the 80s. That's literally, like, a Goof Troop of that time period because that's like, hey, let's make Pebbles and Bam Bam. They're kind of, like, grown up and older, and now they can relate to kids. But Mm – I think it was sort of like a backlash against Nickelodeon because Nickelodeon was sort of that team that was making like the super relatable cartoons for people or for, and I always felt like Nickelodeon to me, this sounds so weird, but Nickelodeon always felt like it was geared towards urban kids, maybe urban and sort of su- suburban kids. Like that's always felt like who its target audience was. You mountain types since it can't come to that. Did you? Yeah, mountain type people didn't want nothing to do with that. It's like, that's, we need stuff that's weird and not like city like. I want it to be like out there and in space. You know, take your Doug and your Rackos Modern Life and your Hey Arnold's. Not my Arnold. <laughs> yeah, like th- those ones to me. It's like like I, I don't know. Like I find Johnny Quest more relatable. Or I find <laughs> like that's why I want high adventure. You and your you and your Indian servant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's his best buddy. If, if if they didn't capture Haji, he'd still be there on the streets, fucking like. Like he saved and save Haji, they just captured him. Like I'm not denying it. It's like yeah, we saved that boy's life by capturing him. If not, he would be you know out there playing music for snakes, trying to get you know a nickel a day, and next thing you know, he'd be somebody's fuck toy. Just saying it. I've seen it before. This is what happens when you're a doctor. You see things. <laughs> <laughs> and my son needed a boy to play with. Damn it, I can't be there all the time. Race just can't take too much of him. I think that's what I like about Brock Sampson. He's just like Brace Bannon, just like he just had enough. Like, all right, kids, whatever. Just I'll be in the other room. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that that's how goofy was. Sort of like, let's make something that, like, you know, relates to the kids, you know. I'm trying to think of something that's like early, early 90s Nickelodeon that would have been like. Doug wasn't around that. Yeah, wasn't it? Doug Doug was definitely around probably in '95. I can I can look that up real quick just so I I know fact check. I can kills women with podcasts and I can look that up. I'm pretty sure Doug was around that time. Um, I know that they had a little bit more of like if not that they just had you know like salute your shorts and that kind of shit. Yeah, well, because I know they had those kind of things, but I'm just trying to think of yes yeah, so the show that they would have been competing against because i mean like all the shows that i watched were all fox kids 1991 so that... was when doug was out so he... wow is that really that old i didn't realize yeah. that was but yeah because i mean the shows that i would probably I, I you know what'd you say oh no you go ahead and you I thought, I thought that we cracked down on the audio for a second go ahead oh yeah doug is it's, it's it technically it was created in the 80s fucking weird it was 1991 in all honesty i think if i watch doug every so often you know there's that part in amelie where that dude comes across like that capsule of all this shit from his childhood and he just starts breaking down down crying uh-huh 
That might happen because I don't really remember Doug that much. So I remember I just you know like I remember a few things like oh my god Honker Burger I remember Honker Burger <laughs> oh he, that's right the, the the purple friend was like the real bitch that was rich and oh you know I just have that moment like all this I mean I remember that stuff but I remember tons so a lot of that probably come flashing back. Then again though our generation so much of our generation is like look at this shit just people reposting or reminding you all the time so. Getting that, oh yeah, that thing probably wouldn't be have as much impact as it once did, you know? Yeah, well, I feel it's like those ones like once again, if you went back in time and you gave people the exact same tools that you had today, there'd be somebody like you know in the 1800s or like, remember back in 1860 when we did this? Yeah, remember when we got our Civil War yes. uniforms? Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Remember when there was this yeah. wheel that Bob built for his wagon? Yeah, that was a great wheel. I was really impressed at it. It's like one of those really fucking pandering like meat posts where it's just, just like it's like a cup, like it's like a ball in a cup. It's just like if you had this as a child in your childhood, that means your childhood was awesome. Yeah. It's remember like when you see like the first black guy that showed up to church. <laughs> it's like a pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to him either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did sign the petition for him to leave town, but I mean, I just wanted to be on board of everybody else. I, I wasn't a rebel rouser now. I wanted to be kind of part of the team. Whatever happened to him? You know, I, I hope that they sent him off to New York like they said they were going to do. You know, I mean, leaving it off to Jeff, he's kind of a dastardly fellow, and I'm not too sure if he was the right one to be the transportation driver, but... For some reason, he's always running around dressed like a ghost. I don't get it. Yeah, I, know. I guess he likes scaring children and stuff. I mean, I'm not into that sort of thing, but I, everybody's got to have their fetishes now. He's this guy <laughs> that really does not remember. Like, like he remembers it, like the time he grew up, but he doesn't remember him quite. He's not, like, put it, he's not pieced it together entirely. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, no like, like, like a lot of that super like, – like I said, though, I think that like – because people act like a lot of like shit that millennials do – is shit that's strictly millennials. They they're always on their fucking phone. They're always just talking, you know, this and that. I honestly feel like if you just we said this, I think like last week, maybe week before. Give like give if you went back in time, gave someone a smartphone. Fucking Farmer Joe back in 1901 would totally be taking a fucking selfie. Well, yeah, he'd be like, oh, check out my pumpkins, aren't they awesome? And then next Instagram, thing, you know, it led to one point where like he's like, look at my pumpkins, like. Bob, that's just a picture of your dick inside another pumpkin. He's like, yeah, I know. That's my type of art. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Look what I did. He just like sharing all his fucking thoughts. Oh, let me talk about that fucking Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, it would be no different. It's just the fact of having tools at different times. You know, that's, that's, that's what changes everything. I know Roosevelt's a different time from that, but yeah, I just like, oh, let me tell you, fucking Ike. He's fucking up. I'm thinking maybe we should go red. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It's funny. I'm looking at Doug here, and it's like that premiered the same day as uh, Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. Three. That, and... that, was, that was your triple threat in fucking 1991. See, I didn't have any. I didn't have any of this fancy stuff because I didn't have no fucking cable or satellite at the time period. I had an antenna, and we had three channels, and we Somebody... were grateful. Somebody posted some shit like, like Tommy, uh, Tommy from Rugrat, Tommy 
20 pickles uh-huh. would be like 20, like five or 20 now, something like that. Wouldn't he be older than that? Because Rugrats is fucking like, I mean, how old are they in Rugrats? They're like five. No, I'm saying maybe he was like he was like two. The Rugrats were like two years old. They're babies. Oh, were they really like that young? Okay, I guess never mind then. I guess that makes more sense. See, you're rocking around in diapers. I hope you're not rocking around in a diaper when you're five years old. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> Shit, I, I know he's a slow child. I don't know. Fuck. He's got to be much older than that because, like, literally, he would have been oh, like maybe like a two. year younger or two years than us. <laughs> like, like he was one young. or two. In 91. He was one or two. They're saying from 91, if you aged it on forward, he'd be like 20. I mean, I, I remember what the age was. Someone, it was a few years ago, but someone posted like he'd be like 25 or 20s or something like that. Yeah. So by today's standards, he'd be like 27. Yeah. I know. Rugrats was a show that like I always had a hard time getting it. I think for me, it was like, I felt like, yo, I'm fucking six or seven years old. I don't need to be watching this baby shit. Got fucking Batman to watch. Like, why the fuck am I watching Rugrats? I almost like look at other kids at school. Like, like kids, like so many kids loved Rugrats. It was a show about babies. So, and like, it was kind of like from a baby's perspective. And there were adult jokes, and adults did like it, and was like kind of self aware in some ways. But it was just like how like babies view the world. And I guess I can kind of see the charm, but just it it blows my mind how at the nineties that like was something just like whoa, man, babies. Like, yeah, that's the show you like. Okay. I mean, I'm, I was one of them. I liked the show as a kid, but at the same time, it kind of trips me out. They're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's at the same time, fucking Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy, you know? Well, yeah, it's like the Rugrats one, I could not figure out. Like, even I, I, that was a show I never liked. Even as a kid, I remember watching it just being like, what? I, like, literally being a kid going, like, what the fuck is this? Like, you'd, like, look at your friend and be like, are you fucking kidding me? You fucking watching this shit? Like, dude, dude, you fucking watch Batman. Have some fucking dignity, damn it. I have some balls. I think Rugrats is more of a thing. Just I just watched it because it was on more than anything else. Sense. Probably, I think that probably if I would have had Nickelodeon, I probably would have done the same thing too. Once again, I, I was trapped with just like Fox Kids. So I, I to, bring, to bring it back to the main point, did you watch Goof Troop a whole lot? I did because I think it was on ABC, and I think that was one of the channels I had because that must have been before – before I had anything other than antenna. See, that makes you feel really old. You tell somebody, like, back when I had just antenna and a black and white TV, and I'd watch the goofy stuff. Well, I feel like, well, was well as far as Goof Troop's concerned, wasn't that show, that was more of just, like, middle school shenanigans, and sometimes Pete would sometimes be involved with just fucking everything up, right? Yeah, I, I always remember, because that was a show, it's like, I remember, like, he would do things to, like, Goofy, like, pretty much like oh i can get goofy to build this grill for me because he's a fucking idiot and i don't have to pay him shit and then lots of times in the long run it would mostly backfire on like pete like whatever his like his idea was but it was mm-hmm. pretty much yeah it was like it was literally a sitcom cartoon that's that's pretty much what the end of the day would it and i remember the mom being a little bit more understanding and the mom would put pete in his place yeah because like she would almost like defend pj and things like that which but see that's probably where it all went downhill is once they got that divorce and now there's nobody to fucking defend pj anymore now he's just with dad I mean, maybe she's just not on the screen. Maybe the little sister. I, I, I believe, though, that she just got tired of the shit and just took the daughter. Like, this is not a healthy environment for my daughter. He clearly does not respect women. I got to get the fuck out of here. I mean, I, I can see it go two ways. Because the boys are like, lost. Here. I mean, go ahead. it's a movie. It's like we never technically go to Pete's house anyways in it. So it could just be a father-son road trip since Goofy's doing a father-son one. It would make sense that, you know, Pete and BJ are doing it. So that's where I kind of look at it. It's like by that standard, that could be it. I like the idea. It's just kind of like that Martin Scorsese movie, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and she's just a single mom on her own trying to figure things out. 
exactly. That's the, that's the other Disney movie that they never got around to making. Like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. You need Goofy in this shit. Maybe we could throw Minnie in there? I don't know. I have a vision. Fuck your vision. Not happening. <laughs> but, well, that's probably a good place to wrap all this up with. All kinds of fun, goofy 90s memories of a time that some people don't always remember. But till then, make sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We will see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. Won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange. <laughs>